0: Welcome to the I Spy with My MyoEye podcast. I am your host, Brittany Sierra. I am a certified oral facial myologist, registered dental hygienist, and lifelong learner. My goal with this podcast is to expand your knowledge of oral facial myofunctional disorders and to bring you up to date in current literature so that together we can get to the root of the problem. You ask, we'll answer by collaborating with true pioneers in specialties associated with the myo world. Join me on this journey as we dive into the life altering world of tethered oral tissues and airway space. Let's do this thing. Quick disclaimer all content expressed on this podcast are the views and opinions of the speakers and is for informational purposes only. You should not rely on this information as a substitute for, nor does it replace, professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Because every person is so unique, you should always consult with your specialized healthcare professional. Dr. Michael Gelb, DDS, MS, is a world-renowned TMJ and sleep specialist with practices in both New York City and White Plains. He received his DDS degree from Columbia University College of Dental Medicine and his MS from SUNY at Buffalo School of Dental Medicine, Dr. Gelb is the co-author of GASP, Airway Health, The Hidden Path to Wellness, and the co-founder of both the Foundation for Airway Health and the American Academy of Physiological Medicine and Dentistry. The Gelb Center was founded over 30 years ago by Dr. Michael Gelb's father, Dr. Harold Gelb. Since then, Dr. Michael has taken his father's findings to the next level through his airway-centric integrated therapy. He invented the ACG airway-centric system with the help of ProSomnia Sleep Technologies. The ACG system is the first day and night dental appliance solution that offers an integrated approach to addressing airway issues. Dr. Michael Gelb is dedicated to improving his patient's health by reducing pain, restoring refreshing sleep, and transforming lives. Dr. Gelb is a member of the American Dental Association, the New York State Dental Association, the New York County Dental Society, NYU Dentistry, American Academy of Sleep Medicine, American Academy of Oral Facial Pain, American Academy of Dental Sleep Medicine, Foundation for Airway Health, and the American Academy of Craniofacial Pain. Dr. Gelb has an extensive professional background. He has served on the board of directors of multiple committees, chairman, and president. Dr. Gelb's honors include being a diplomat from 1995 to present on the American Board of Oral Facial Pain, a Brookdale Fellowship in Aging and Human Development in 1982, a $2,500 geriatric research grant from Columbia University, national research service award from the national institute of dental research two-year funded program in neuromuscular research in clinical dentistry at suny buffalo and a bs cum laude from tufts university in 1978. All right. Well, good morning, Dr. Gelb. Thank you for coming on to I Spy With My my MyOI. I really appreciate you taking the time to come on here and discuss some things with me. I'm very much looking forward to learning from you and putting the information out there for our listeners as well.
1: Thank you, Brittany. It's great to be here and to share my experience and my uh, thoughts with you today.
0: Thank you. So I want to just get started. Um, You are a TMJ and sleep specialist. So Um, the main points of our conversations will definitely be about that. So let's just get started with what are some of the causes and symptoms of TMJ?
1: You know, I thought I would put a a good one in there to begin. I, you know, in looking back, everyone always says that uh, trauma, micro trauma, repetitive clenching, grinding, and macro trauma, uh, car accidents, blows, they, people always say those are the main causes. But I'm gonna go back a little bit. I'm gonna say that I think that for a lot of people, mouth breathing is the beginning of the negative growth and development issues that we, that we see. Um, we'll talk about that a little later too, where the jaw grows down and backwards and uh, you never get development of the upper jaw or the palate or the maxilla. And I think that in a lot of people, myself included, um, you know, my father would have said birth trauma as the answer. Mm-hmm. You know, to your question, um, I don't know that it's birth trauma, but I think it's these epigenetic factors that are leading us to have these more retracted faces, retronathic jaws, tongue ties, um, and so I think the way that we've developed over the last two, three, four hundred years with our jaws getting smaller, um, a lot of it related to how we breathe, uh, very often from The moment we're born, if we're a preemie, we're very often a mouth breather um, as a preemie, and that sets us up basically to develop a face that would get TMJ and jaws that would develop TMJ, as well as airway problems.
0: Um, Now, what are some of the treatment options that you have in your office for for TMJ?
1: Well, if you believe what I said about mouth breathing, then if you're a kid, we... We want to get you into one of these guided growth appliances as a child, working with a myofunctional therapist as early as two, two and a half years of age. Um, really, the main treatment would be to get you to start as breast breastfeeding, um, you know, at birth, and to have a good diet and to have uh, solid foods. That would lead you to develop jaws that won't get TMJ. So my first treatment would be to try to prevent TMJ from ever occurring, right? Um, You know, everyone says moist heat, soft diet, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So before you even get to me, you basically shouldn't even be seeing me until you've tried moist heat. Could be cold, could be hot compresses, softer diet, and some medications. It could be muscle relaxants. It could be anti-inflammatories. You can use Volterran gel. Um, you could use mineralized. You can use Bengay. Um, there's lots and lots. And you could try, let's say, things like CBD oil.
0: Right, absolutely. Some of the benefits to CBD oil.
1: And so, if you're, you're basically, if you get positive results from that, that would be great. Then you wouldn't have to come in and see somebody like me. Um, certainly, you know, if you're wearing a mouth guard, you know, we do a lot with devices. We have this whole airway-centric guided system. I have a a day appliance and a night appliance that we've developed. And so physical therapy, though, probably 75% of my patients are in uh, physical therapy with a manually trained, um, functional manual therapy, a manually trained physical therapist that's not just gonna put you on a machine, but it's actually working with you one-on-one mobilizing your jaw, working with your cervical spine, working with cranial sacrally inside the mouth, Mm -hmm. working with your maxilla, your sphenoid. And so it's very important to find someone that's trained uh, cranially, that has some cranial or cranial sacral training to go along with what we do. And certainly the ability to move uh, C1 and C2 to work with shearing of the atlas, the axis, but to work with shearing of the cervical spine for especially the top two cervical vertebrae. um, That's going to give a lot of great results that you can't get alone as a dentist.
0: Right, absolutely. And again, that that whole, I feel like I talk about this almost on every episode of the podcast, but the collaborative approach, like it's important that these patients know it's not like a one-stop treatment. Um, You know, it's really a team effort to get them to where they want to be.
1: Yes, you know our our conference for 2000 and for 2020 um, which hopefully we'll still have and our, our movement is called collaboration cures and as you know the aapMD you know we have dentists uh, hygienists um, oral facial myologists we're all equals at the table along with ENTs and sleep docs and so collaboration cures is really the truth that's the name of the movement but when we collaborate and work outside our own discipline with other disciplines that complement us and complement what the patient needs, that's when the patient does the best.
0: Absolutely, 100%. Um, now, I wanted to ask you a question because I always think about this. Traditional night guards that we learn about, like, you know, I remember being in hygiene school and anytime that we saw a patient that was clenching or grinding, oh, they must be stressed, let's put them in a traditional guard. Now, how, what would you say these guards, how are they influencing the occlusion?
1: So 90, I would say 90% of traditional guards are probably hurting us. So the American College of Prosthodontics came out with a position paper, and you should look that up. The American College of Prosthodontic position paper on oral appliances. And basically, what they say is that if you make a night guard the way we were trained at, if we went to Connecticut or we went to Penn or we went to Tufts or we went to NYU or Baylor or UCLA, the way that we were taught to make a night guard for the last 50 years or 80 years would be just to basically open the jaw a little bit, basically putting the jaw back, not protruding it at all. Right and just opening the vertical. If you make a night guard the way that they taught us and we'd sit back in the chair and sometimes we'd take a bite with the jaw going back a little bit, I would say if you do that, 90% of the time you're gonna be closing the airway. The the literature says 40 to 50% of the time you'll make snoring worse, you'll make sleep apnea worse. But what were you really doing? And by the way, for a certain percentage of the patients, it works out for them, but the American College of Prosthodontics is saying before you make a night guard, get the pace patient tested for sleep, for snoring, for airway issues, for breathing issues, for sleep apnea. Because there's such a high, uh, high uh, correlation now between clenching and sleep disorders that we really have to rule out the sleep disorders first. And they say that if you make a guard, it should have some degree of protrusion in it. In other words, it should be opening the airway,
0: right.
1: not closing the airway.
0: And yeah, they- and you know, that all makes so much sense. And the more lectures I listened to and as I started my myofunctional uh, therapy career, I feel like I just think so much differently on things that I learned, you know, in hygiene school or that we learned, you know, in traditional traditional dentistry. Um, and just how much more airway dentistry makes sense. Like, you know, when you when you're reading these papers when you listen to conferences, go to conferences, whatever the case may be, the light bulb always goes off because it's (laughs) like, wow, that makes complete and total sense. How did we not think of this however many years ago?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, and airway trumps everything else in dentistry. And so when my father was bringing the jaw down and forward, you can imagine in the 60s, in the 60s, people were saying, you're crazy, you're a heretic, The jaw has to be up and back, that centric relation. What are you talking about? The jaw's gonna be unstable. The back teeth don't touch. And he was saying, no, this is really the way it has to be. And he didn't have comb beams and he didn't have sleep tests. Um, They were going off of transcranials. And it turns out that in most, a lot of cases, the jaw needs to develop more and come down and forward and that actually opens the airway. So we've developed a line of night guards, we call it Night Guard 2.0, or the airway-centered or airway-centric night guard, which does not close the airway, it actually opens the airway while also addressing clenching at
0: night. So it's more of a sleep and TMJ appliance.
1: It's a combined appliance. So listen, if you're gonna wear a night guard anyway because you're bruxing, why wouldn't you want to wear a night guard that might increase your oxygen? Why wouldn't you wear want to wear a night guard that, that got you more restorative, deeper sleep?
0: Right, okay, it just makes sense.
1: <laughs> why wouldn't you want to wear a night guard that got rid of your snoring? Why wouldn't you want to wear a night guard that got rid of your TMJ clicking and popping and got rid of your headaches? Why wouldn't you want to wear a night guard where you could wake up in a better mood?
0: absolutely i'm there with you i 100% agree with you um and again if only uh, you know it was more out there and again i know that that is what the the mission is um with the collaboration cures is to get the message message just out there to other dental professionals medical professionals um and that's what we need to do we need to make sure that we're educating everybody um on all of this
1: well if you could get it out there to hygienists, dental assistants, oral facial who pretty much know it. But sometimes the way in is through people who are already in the practice. And sometimes we can't go directly to the dentist because we're stuck in some of the paradigms that we learned in dental school, like what you learned in hygiene school. And -hmm. it just happened that it really was not based on science. It was based on dogma and it gets perpetuated and perpetuated, and you know, that's how things go.
0: Let's talk a little bit about how, excuse me, how our bite or occlusion changes through the years.
1: It's a great question. So what happens is, as we're breathing through our mouth as kids, and this, I'm a perfect example. I said I got my good looks from my mother, but as I was breathing more through my mouth, my maxilla grew down, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a gummy smile, my front teeth show a lot, so I have some vertical maxillary excess, I have a long face, I have a retrognathic lower jaw, and I have a small palate. And so I, my face developed in a certain way that could have been changed if my breathing was changed. my mother, you know, was a myofunctional therapist.
0: Oh, really? That's awesome.
1: My mother was one of the early ones studying with Danny Garlander. Danny Gar- Garlander was like one of the fathers of uh, myofunctional therapy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He would come down to my father's office once a month from his office in Buffalo. He would come down and go to my father's office, which was opposite Carnegie Hall. And he, my mother brought my sister in, who was a thumb sucker, until she was six. Wow. So if you talk about how face has changed, thumb sucking changes the face and changes the bite. Mouth breathing continues us to have this long face. Um, we call it, some people called it adenoid facies. Some people call it long face syndrome. Some people call it dolicocephalic. Basically, you have a square face, I have a longer face. And as we go through life, what can happen is that when women get to age 45, to 49, as they enter perimenopause, you'll see their jaw shift backwards, almost imperceptibly, but they'll become slightly more retronathic as the estrogen receptors. And if you say, what's really one of the number one causes of TMJ that I didn't mention before? Estrogen, estrogen, and estrogen. So you will always see, when you go back to your practice, you're gonna notice that girls are gonna come in after age 13, or 12, but starting at 14 and 15 and 16, you you're gonna see mostly girls coming into your practice. That's because the estrogen receptors have been sensitized from puberty. Now, occasionally a boy will come in that's got struck in the face playing lacrosse, or he's had a soccer injury, he's traumatized his jaw, but by and large, 80% of your kids uh, are gonna be girls. They're gonna be, be your female They're going to be your female uh, patients, right? The women will start coming in around age 47, 49, 50. As they enter perimenopause, you're going to see a change in their face. They're going to start losing their lips. They're going to lose collagen in their face, and they're going to get a decreased lower third face height. You're going to start to see that. So you will see, see faces changing. Now, remember this men put on weight in our stomachs and our jaws, our necks. You only get to be like us. You only take on our fat pattern at menopause. (laughs) Now women put on weight in their butts. Uh, This is true. Women put on weight on their thighs and their butts. We have beer bellies. We have very thin thighs. We have no butts. We lose our butt as we get older. We, We have to work to keep our glutes strong. So the fat deposition pattern and the receptors are gonna change in women when they get to be 48, 49, 50, 51. That's when you guys start to get sleep apnea, but that's also when TMJ has its second peak. So not only do you lose the receptors in the pharynx and the pharyngeal tissues and in the genioglossus, but your jaw actually goes slightly retronathic when you get to be 49, 50, and 51. So it's very interesting. So you're gonna start to see changes. I do a lot with aesthetics. Mm -hmm. I only do a lot with aesthetics because I'm my father's son. My father was in vogue back in the 60s with a non-surgical facelift. We've kind of taken it to the next stage though, and when you see these changes in the face, what happens is you can reverse them. So if you go on my Juvabyte website, Uh, you'll see that we make women look 10 to 15 years younger. We actually make them look younger because we're increasing their oxygen and we increase their restorative sleep, plus we're restoring the lower third face height. So what we do for these perimenopausal women that have lost face height is we bring the jaw forward, down and forward. They get their lips back. We get rid of the nasolabial lines If you look at the color of the skin, there's a lot more pink in it. The skin goes from gray and kind of unhealthy, Mm -hmm. thick looking, and it becomes, the face starts to glow, the eyes open up. The two things I would ask you to look at are the changes in the eyes, and I don't know that you've ever heard this before in dentistry, we make the eyes become lively again. The eyes open up, and there's a lot of changes around the lower third of the face and as i say the bite change that we do is we bring the jaw down and forward and you'll see that again on the juva bite uh website
0: yeah and i'll definitely link um the juva bite website in the show notes for everybody to check that out that is just amazing (laughs) to think uh, it's great absolutely Um, So that kind of brings us into talking about the relationship between TMJ and sleep and sleep disordered breathing.
1: Well, I've written three articles on airway-centric dentistry, airway-centric orthodontics, and airway-centric. I believe it all starts at birth and very, very early in our lives with the way we breathe. And so as a myofunctional therapist, one of the things that we really want to state from the beginning is we want to get that tongue in the proper rest oral posture. We want to keep those lips together. And I think one of the most important things that we can do for our children in terms of overall health for the rest of their lives, we want to make our kids into nasal breathers. So nasal disuse, the inability, whether it's from allergies or it's from, the way that they were born, it becomes a habit that they become mouth breathers, um, maybe enlarged tonsils and adenoids. We need to train kids from the get-go. And so if we are able to enlarge the palate, if we're able to basically untrap the mandible, I think we prevent most TMJ problems from ever occurring. So I think there's a huge link between airway and TMJ and i think if you look at the patients that are retronathic the very very the same characteristics that are described for an airway patient are the same characteristics that are described for a tmj patient and one of the most profound things that i could tell you is that i've been doing this 36 years mm-hmm. when i look back about 5 to 10 years ago when i look back at my failures for the last 20 years This is who they are. It's a woman like you. They're lovely women. They're fit. They're thin. They clench. And I'm not saying that you have this, but I'm saying they would come in, they go, Doc, I'm clenching every night. My jaws are tight. I've got these chronic headaches and I'm exhausted. I've raised two to three kids. My kids are now a little bit older. I'm exhausted. I clench every night. And I realized. These were not TMJ patients, these were upper airway resistance syndrome, UARS patients. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a huge relationship between airway and the brain and what it does to the brain and fragmented sleep and clenching and TMJ.
0: So interesting you say that because um, it's gotten a lot better now. Um, For a while, I wanna say it started like mid-November to the beginning of um, this year. I started um, clenching and grinding my teeth, and I never did that before. And I would not stop breathing, um, but I would have those arousals where I would, I would sit up really, really fast, and my heart rate would be skyrocket. I wore my Fitbit during the night, and I, I think one time my heart rate got up to, I want to say it was like 125 Um, And during this time, I noticed the, the changes in, you know, my energy and my focus and everything like that, because my, I wasn't getting that quality sleep, um, that we need that. I also want to talk about, um, you know, quality versus quantity of sleep, but that, yeah, it lasted for about a month and a half. Um, I started taping my mouth. Um, I was using the SomniFix strips and you know, it's definitely got improved a lot. Um, there are still some days where I feel more tired than than others, but I never I never had those problems before. I never clenched and grinded my teeth. Um, I never was somebody that needed like that cup of coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon. And those two months, um, I don't know if it was changes in my hormones or I'm not really sure because again, it, it's got it's gotten a lot better, but I was somebody that that was happening to.
1: Very, very interesting, and probably you are more of the norm. I mean, look, you got a beautiful face. You've got a square face, so you probably are a masseter hypertrophy case. Your masseters are very strong, and you could have gone through seasonal allergies. You could have had something with your hormones for a period of time. It could have been a new food that you started eating that you had some um, sensitivity to. So you got more swelling in your nose and you were unable to nasal breathe. Um, but sometimes I think mouth taping is great. You know, you might need an assistance of some sort of device in the mouth at night, potentially that doesn't let the airway close, that doesn't let the jaw drop back. Because if you keep the jaw slightly forward, it also keeps the nose open at night. So we're big believers between, we love nasal dilators, mm-hmm. we love mute nasal stents, um, We like, like, and my friend Joe Mangus is coming up with a customized uh, nasal dilator, which you'll be able to do from a phone app. So you may want to interview him also. Yeah, that's going to be very, very powerful. Um, And we're having uh, APMDs. We're going to do some sort of webinar with that. But I think you're right on target um, with mouth taping and nasal breathing. So I think, yes, there's a huge relationship between TMJ, airway, and sleep.
0: Yeah, I started finally, you know, practicing what I preach. I, you know, preach to my my patients about the importance of nasal hygiene and, you know, nasal breathing. And then here I was, I was like, all right, I got to start taping my mouth. I got to start doing nightly nas- nasal hygiene. Um, and, you know, well, basically doing what I tell my patients to do.
1: Well, you know, very interesting. In this time of COVID-19, I was uh, speaking and I ran into Janice Goodman. I was down at the uh, TOTS the oral tethered tissues, the uh, laser seminar down in uh, Delray Beach. And she gave me some of the iotech. So I've been been treating the nasal airway with an iodine combined with saline spray. I use X-Clear spray. So I'm trying to neutralize the virus as much as I can with gargling. But this nasal hygiene, and Barry Raphael is someone else who talks about this nasal protocols, which we've adopted, so we, we give patients out and I'm happy to send you the sheet and I'm happy to send it to anyone who wants it. We have a nasal hygiene protocol for neti pots, you know, different essential oils. But there's a whole lot of things that you can do and you can, um, you know, apply uh, through nasal rinses, nasal flushes, everything from iodine to Argentin 23 colloidal silver um to just plain salt water um that could help and uh because the covid virus comes in through the nose and the throat we think it's an opportune time for hygienists dentists to be aware um with the salivary testing as well but to be aware of na- nasal hygiene and oral hygiene in or- in order to neutralize this virus
0: for sure absolutely um let's talk about now that we're talking about some um you know, things to do for our nasal hygiene. What about, are there supplements that you recommend for sleep?
1: You know, we've always recommended magnesium, whether it's magnesium citrate, magnesium glycinate, around 400 milligrams at bedtime. And, you know, Stasha Gomenak talks a lot about vitamin D. And she says you really can't have a good night's sleep without sufficient vitamin D. And I think most of us are deficient in vitamin D. So, you know, I'd like you to get, make sure all your patients are getting tested for vitamin D levels. I take 5,000 units a day. And so vitamin D, and if you have, haven't heard of Dr. Stasha Gomanak, you know, you can go look up her website. She's a neurologist who's basically just teaching now, and she's doing a lot with her vitamin D protocols as well as uh, B-complex. And that's really an essential nutrient to get a good night's sleep. So. I'd like that. And and then the third one would be CBD, CBD and CBG. And we're starting to do a lot with, um, we're going to be doing a lot in the next couple of months with our patients with an awareness campaign and cannabinoid system and uh, CBD. Yes. So, you know, after speaking about vitamin D, I think that the next, the third line of products or the system is the endocannabinoid system and talking about CBD and CBG and even talking about curcumin. So we're doing things uh, at night. There's a product called Dream that we're starting to use um, that's gonna put patients, treat the insomnia patients um, and an herb products. And for the patients, there's a product called Ice that works with curcumin turmeric curcumin and anti-inflammatories, and that would be more for the TMJ patients. Um, And so there's going to be some complementary things going on between the vitamin D, B complex, and the CBD and the CBGs. We really have not been focusing on it.
0: Very good. Thank you for that. Some of that I think was a little bit fragmented, but I will piece it together as best I can, and then get that information um, on the supplements in the show okay. notes. So I might end up um, emailing you for some of that information. That's but okay. I think most of it got got through there. Now, as far as the appliances go for uh, sleep breathing disorders, are there different appliances you make for sleep that you that aren't you know dual TMJ sleep?
1: Yes. So once we has a polysomnogram, once the patient's had a sleep test, either from a center, we've given them a home sleep test, or they've come to us with um, home sleep testing or a portable monitor, we're able to give them an FDA-approved oral device for sleep apnea, or upper airway resistance syndrome, even for snoring. Yeah, so once we have a diagnosis from either a overnight sleep test, a polysomnogram or a home sleep test or a portable monitoring test, we're able to give the patient an FDA approved oral device for sleep apnea or airway resistance syndrome or snoring. And I use the prosomnus line quite a bit the Prosomnus ACG, or Prosomnus Select, um, and the, the, the Prosomnus IA Select. And we've invented one that you'd be interested in from women. We've invented a very, very, very low profile, you hardly know it's in the mouth, it's the smallest appliance on the market, and it's really for these thin, narrow-palated women, they need myofunctional, um, they just can't tolerate something really thick in their mouth because they can't keep their lips closed at night. Mm-hmm. So our, our appliances promote nasal breathing, mouth closure, lip seal that was gonna be at night. Idea. And so if you look at the Prosomnus IA Select, and the, so we used to call it the HERS, H-E-R-S, we now call it the Select, and that's really the low-profile appliance that I put most of my female patients in and now the men want it too because it's not bulky. There's nothing that touches your tongue. It's lingual on the inside. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's the one of the only, the, the, the trend now is to have no acrylic or no material on the lingual because that's the part that would impede the tongue. That's the part that would narrow the airway and if anything, we want the palate to start to become wider. And that could be your next line of questions. We're doing a lot of work now in the city office with maxillary skeletal expansion. Whether it's SARPY, whether it's surgically assisted or not surgically assisted, we're now trying to spread those sutures apart to improve nasal breathing. So it all goes back to what we tried to do as a child, right? It all goes back, if I didn't get you as a child, I gotta make you into a nasal breather as an adult. And sometimes the orofacial myology needs a little bit of an anatomical Mm pick-me-up. It needs a little surgical or non-surgical support to try to either make more room for the tongue or even more importantly, open up those nasal sutures, the palatal suture, so we improve nasal breathing.
0: So let's talk a little bit more about those, um, those techniques. What do they involve?
1: So it involves working with an orthodontist that's been trained in either like a one Moon approach or a uh, Mariana Evans approach or Stanley Lew at Stanford. So what they do is sometimes it's a surgeon working with an orthodontist. A lot of times it involves mini implants, little screws that go on either side of the palatal suture. And instead of the patient using a removable appliance that's fixed and that sometimes with either surgical assistance or no surgical assistance, it actually tries to spread the suture and we get an opening and we get a diastema. Mm -hmm. That's when we know we're usually successful. We get a diastema between the two front teeth and we get an opening of the midline suture, which actually improves nasal patency. So it's just a matter of finding, you know, we have Dr. Nuaz in the city that's doing it. Uh, Mariana Evans is doing it down at, uh, uh, in Pennsylvania. Kevin Boyd is doing it out in Chicago. You know, Juan Moon is doing it at UCLA. He's teaching it. And Stanley Liu and uh, Audrey Yoon and other, the orthodontist out in Stanford, San Francisco are doing it out there too.
0: That's just amazing. So, again, I feel like a lot of adult patients, they think once they reach a certain age that there's no helping them. Um, and for them to know that this is out there and well, we're able to help them.
1: I think when you get to be a certain age, you know, we can try to do it conservatively with orofacial myology and with one of the devices like what I do. <laughs> but there's some patients that are going to need some skeletal support where we have to put something in the mouth to do some craniofacial development Mm -hmm. and open up that suture and improve nasal breathing and also make more room for the tongue. Right. And some people will need maxillo maxillary and mandibular advancement surgery, MMA surgery. So we shouldn't rule out certain surgical options for those that are, we can't do it with Invisalign or we can't do with palatal expanders or controlled arch appliances or alfs you know there's a lot of good options out there dna appliances there's a lot of options out there today
0: absolutely um, well thank you for sharing that all um, i will again make some show notes there for anything that might have not come through all the way but Um, I'm sorry about that. I don't know why my internet keeps cutting in and out like that.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's yours or mine. But you know, there's a lot of people on the internet now with what's going on. We're all at home right now. So do you have any kids at home that are sapping your uh, internet? No,
0: no kids yet. But I did text my boyfriend. I was like, get off the Wi Fi if you're on it. (laughs) 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 Um, But let's talk a little bit about quality versus quantity of sleep. Because I find a lot when I start to talk to talk to the parents of my kids, and I'm asking them, um, well, even adults, asking them how they sleep. People aren't realizing that just because you're in bed from, say, nine o'clock to six o'clock in the morning doesn't really mean anything.
1: (laughs) You know what? I have that conversation all the time, and I read all these articles and all these magazines about sleep deprivation and hours of sleep, and what we always talk about. That is the quality of the sleep. I mean, I think you're 100% right. I want to see good stage three restorative sleep. And there was an article that just came out yesterday, you know, and it always goes back to brain health. It goes back to getting rid of anxiety and depression. It goes back to preventing cardiovascular disease and preventing Alzheimer's and dementia. But you have to have the stage three restorative sleep, which is a predictor of developing dementia 20 years before it happens. So you're so right and you have to get enough REM sleep for also memory consolidation, mood and things like that. So we really wanna be testing and I love the fact that you have a Fitbit, but I think the more sophisticated that our wearables become, the more like we know we've taken 10,000 steps, right? Cause we have a wearable there will become better and better nighttime wearables, which are probably more important even than the daytime ones in terms of quality of sleep. And I think right now we have sleep tests, like I use the watch bat, yep. Um, And, you know, they're looking, at, uh, they're looking at central apnea now, they're looking at the brain, and we're getting a measure of deep sleep um, versus REM sleep. So I think that uh when you keep the airway open at night we're seeing improvements in both the stage 3 non-rem sleep and improvements in rem sleep.
0: Now is and there I think something, when you I'm yeah. sorry go ahead.
1: No 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 go.
0: Is there something um what's the there's a ring out there. What's it called? That message?
1: uh URA. Ura. I've heard great things. I just read a a fabulous piece um, about the Aura Ring, and I think I'm gonna order it myself because they're they're saying that that has capabilities in, in terms of measuring sleep quality. And I think that's something that we wanna look at. We really wanna keep our eyes open for these wearables and who's developing the best technology.
0: Absolutely. Um, I, that's why I love wearing my Fitbit at night to, to see, you know, how long I slept for what stage and everything. I'm not sure about the accuracy of it, but again, just for people to begin to become more aware, you know, I think that's kind of the first step.
1: Yeah. And look at this app called Drowsle. Drowsel. D okay. r o w z l e. They are going to be coming out with a Drowsel Pro. So if the first part's screening and the second part, there'll be an app where they can actually detect sleep apnea.
0: Oh, wow. So that
1: could be exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, are there any help, uh, tips that you want to share with the listeners in regards to sleep or how they can help improve their quality of sleep?
1: Well, I think, you know, you don't, we talked a little bit or we wanted to talk a little bit about intermittent fasting. So I think we don't really want to eat after 7 p.m. at night. And so if we exercise earlier in the day, and I think that exercise is going to do so much, not just for your mental health, but for your sleep quality. And the two things are probably linked, right? So get outside, even today with COVID and social distancing, try to get outside and get sunlight for your vitamin D. We talked about vitamin D. Um, Aerobic exercise at least 20 minutes a day will do great things for your sleep. And then not eating too late and and really cutting down, even though we want to drink a lot during these stressful times, trying to limit your caffeine consumption uh, and no caffeinated beverages, let's say after 12 noon or after 2 in the afternoon, and then cut down on your alcoholic beverages and then no eating or drinking after 7 p.m. Um, that'll do a great deal for the quality of your sleep. I would try to sleep elevated a little bit if I could, Brittany. I would put a couple of pillows up so that I don't um, encourage reflux and I don't encourage the jaw dropping back at night. So I think that could that could help greatly. Um, otherwise, if you sleep on your side, that's that's fine as well. Um,
0: Yeah, what do you think the pros are um, of intermittent fasting? Um, when I told my my boyfriend that you do this, he loved it because he he's been trying to get me to do it. And now I'm like, oh, maybe I'll try because I heard Dr. Gelb talk about it.
1: (laughs) Well, autophagy, you know, you want the body to be basically cleansing itself. So Peter Atia and a number of the guys, you know, when we give our conference, you should come to one of our conferences, you should bring your boyfriend with you because Our conference's collaboration cures are in conjunction with ACAM. And those are the functional medicine docs. And they're the ones that have really made us aware of the benefits of intermittent fasting for the body to be able to, and these fasting mimicking diets as well Mm -hmm. from the doctor out at USC, who's so good as well. But basically it changes our telomeres; It makes us younger. You know, it gives us a diet more like what our ancestors had. And we actually can get younger while we're intermittent fasting and as we're sleeping. So if you go, if you went on jubabite, could you imagine these women? I mean, my picture you're 10 to 15 years younger than you were um, three months ago, four months ago. And it's, it's real. So if you would do intermittent fasting in conjunction with good sleep. So right, the four pillars of health, real quick. Good diet, exercise, good mental attitude, being positive in life, and four is your airway sleep and breathing. Well, can you imagine if you do some good exercise, if you do intermittent fasting, get a lot of good fats, coconut oil, you know, things like that, um, a lot of uh, avocados, you limit your carbs, and you get a good night's sleep really anything's possible and that's when you see the greatest transformation so you know we're these are good things to remember and it's really easy to overeat now particularly when we're home all day we're quarantined yeah. but I mean these are things it's good to remind ourselves um, yeah
0: absolutely these
1: are good habits
0: I, I'm ready to jump on that train if it's going to make me look younger
1: <laughs> oh, it will. we sometimes We have to appeal to those senses, right, Brittany? Yeah.
0: Um, uh, Before we wrap up, can we talk a little bit about the link between um, digestion and sleep?
1: Um, You mean the relationship between digestion and sleep? Yes. So we ask all our patients about the microbiome. So we're very into oral systemic relationships. Mm -hmm. And I think that the gut, determines everything. The gut probably determines our sleep as well. So if our stomach's not happy and our gut's not happy, um, we're not going to have good brain health. And so the gut is really running. (laughs) They're running the control system for the whole body. And so it's really important to get good prebiotics, you know, sauerkrauts, jicama, kimchi, to get... Take your probiotics and to eat, you know, a really healthy diet because nothing else, we're gonna get a lot more inflammation in the body. The minute you get inflammation, like with rheumatoid arthritis or any of the autoimmune disease, your sleep is, is wrecked. So all of those patients with the autoimmune diseases, or most of them, are fatigued because they have inflammation. And we know from research research that there's a huge relationship between pain and inflammation and sleep. So anything you can do with your gut and your digestion that lowers the inflammation in your body, you're going to sleep better. The same thing with your mouth. If you get rid of some of those high-risk oral pathogens that you're measuring with oral DNA and oral vital, if you can treat that as a hygienist and clean up the mouth, it's going to improve the gut and the microbiome and it's going to cut down systemic inflammation, and then you know people like Bale and Danine. So my practice has has shifted to be more aware of those high risk oral pathogens, and to work with people like Doug Thompson um, and Aaron um, with the dental uh, dentistry wellness network, and to have a disinfection protocol in the mouth because it doesn't do me any good to put a clean appliance into a, a clean appliance into a dirty mouth. And I don't want to put a dirty appliance into a clean mouth. So I'm very aware of the disinfection protocol, both with my devices. And that's why I use the Prosomnus, because it attracts less biogunk. It's a clean appliance. It doesn't have porosities in it. It doesn't, it's not a uh, Petri dish for bacteria. (laughs) But it's very important. So what I've tried to do is not only link TMJ and airway I've also tried to link it with oral systemic health and uh, decreasing inflammation through the hygienists and through the dental team. And if we do it by, we reduce inflammation in the body by treating the airway, we also reduce inflammation in the body by getting rid of uh, those high-risk oral pathogens as recommended by people like Doug Thompson, Ford, Ford Brewer, and Bale and Deneen, and people like Gina Pritchard as well as Larkin and people like that. So it's a fantastic thing what you're doing in that you're combining orofacial myology, hygiene, and by doing that, you're really making the body, you're cutting down on inflammation in the body, and really improving overall systemic health.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for all of that. Um, I, again, I will link some of the stuff um, in the comment, comment notes. Um, Thank you again. You taught me so much, so much today and answered some questions um, that I've had on a couple lectures I've been listening to lately. And I'm
1: well, thank you so much. You're you're very well informed. You're a great interviewer.
0: Um, And is there anything else that you want to either leave um, with the listeners or anything else you want to talk about before we wrap up?
1: Oh, I think, you know, listen, now's a great time as we think about, about making ourselves healthier and improving our immune systems. It's a great time to incorporate this nasal breathing and getting good quality sleep, like you talk about. It's a great time to make our bodies less susceptible to any type of invasion from a virus or an infection. Yep. And the stuff that we're talking about today is a good way to do it. And, um, you know, with our children too. You know, it's a lot of parents don't know where to go and how to intervene. And I think your podcast are going to be a way of informing parents about what they can do for their kids and how to make it into nasal breathers.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you again. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. And I apologize again for the internet connection issue, but um, well, it's good. been a blast and I really, really appreciate it. Thank you. And I'll be in touch with you, Dr.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day. You tip. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode of I Spy with My My If you want to hear more about these episodes, leave a review on Apple Podcasts or feel free to contact me at bciera.omt@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe as well and let us know of any subject or guest speaker you'd like to hear from. Help spread the word by sharing today's episode on your social media page. You can find me on Facebook at CT Oral Facial Myology and Instagram handle CT underscore oral facial underscore myology. Everybody have a wonderful day.